Welcome to the Gig Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Meckler. Today, we've got Aaron Washington on the show. Aaron is the brains behind the Black Trumpeter YouTube channel, which has nearly 50,000 subscribers and provides educational videos for trumpeters. His Patreon and website offers PDF downloads, exclusive educational videos, and live video sessions. Also a freelancer on the Chicago scene, he is the quintessential modern musician carving out a living as a freelancer while building an online business. I'm excited to talk to him about it. Please welcome to the podcast, Aaron Washington. Wow, nice, nice. Great to be here. <laughs> thanks, Adam. Yeah, man. Yeah, thanks for being here. Um, so, you know, you, you focus a lot on education um, in your in your videos. Is there is there a teacher that you, uh, you when you were coming up uh, as a student, that really influenced you, that uh, made you kind of want to chase this path? Oh, man. I have a few teachers. Um, and the actually, the the one teacher that, that actually is, too. So, so uh, when I was in high school, about senior year, I didn't. I actually didn't know what I wanted to to go into. You know, yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to major in going into college. So, um, uh, my band director at the time, she was new. She she was like the first. Uh, that she was the first year there. Her name was uh, Sarah Whitlock, and so. I had like a I had like a blow off class and she was like, hey, why don't you be like a, a teacher assistant for me for the the freshman band? I was like, yeah, cool. That's no problem. Yeah, that'll be that'll sound great. I'm not doing in that anything in the other class anyway. So, um, you know, as as I was being her T.A., I was, you know, teaching. I was even getting up on the podium and doing some of the rehearsal. Yeah. And she was like, hey, you you're pretty dope at teaching. She didn't say that, but she was like, hey, you're pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, thank you. And she was like, you should probably look into music education at Illinois State University because that's where she went. Yeah. I, I was like, okay, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll look into that because, I mean, I hadn't really thought about anything after high school. So, yeah. Um, but her and my private teacher, my um, trumpet teacher, um, uh, Larry Bowen, he always drilled in me every single lesson, bruh, you need to get, and he actually said this, he was like, bruhs, you need to get your education, get your music ed degree, start teaching, um, don't go into performance. And he, because he did the same thing, he was like, well, if you're trying to get stable and all that, all that stuff, you need to get your paper, you need to get your degree. Yeah. And so yeah. every Saturday, every Saturday, Every week, that's what he was saying, and so I was like, "Okay, well, I guess that's what I'll do then." Yeah. So you went to, so you decided to go to school. You got a, a music ed degree. Yeah. So got my music ed degree, Illinois State University, and um, well, at before that, you know, you do your student teaching. Yeah. And um, <laughs> at, I figured out that I didn't want to be a band director during that time. After all that time, I was like. Yeah, this is not for me. Wow. Not for me. Um, but it kind of all goes back to, I was reading this book called The Psychology of Money. And in this book, he he talks about how as just human beings, we just have a poor sense of, you know, forecast how we want to see our lives, or you know, or what it's going to be like once we arrive at that certain moment or that certain career. Yeah. Or that, or that certain relationship and um, things change. You know, you don't you're not the same person you were when you were 18 and then 
24, 22, or whenever you graduate, you're not going to be the same person from now till 10 years from now. So it's hard to project what you want and if that's going to be the right thing for you. Right. Right. And so, and so, so being a band director, not the right thing for you, which is understandable. Like I, I've seen that scene. That's such a tough road. Um, a, it doesn't pay great. Right. And right. like B, like there's a, in a lot of situations, there's not a lot of support from administrators. So you're also getting your program cut. You're getting, you know, if you had three band directors, now you have two, now you have two and a half or one and a half, you know, there's, there's so many stories of that happening. I was just out in, um, uh, Farmington, Minnesota, I was doing a guest artist gig and, and they just had a position cut and they have this great program, you know, great program where the, their enrollment is not going down, but the administrators are still cutting it. Um, so I can understand that, that reaction to being, <laughs> being a band director. Um, but obviously you've taken what you learned, right? And now you've created a, a thing around teaching that's more in your way and in your style. So like, how did you get started with the Black Trumpeter YouTube channel? Uh, like when, when did that start? And, and I guess, the, I guess we know the motivation behind it, but. Yeah. So, um, it started, well, when I first, when I first created the channel, it was more so like, um, I'm going to post like performances of me playing and you know, the usual things that musicians do with YouTube channels. Yep. And, um, but after I had decided I didn't want to be a band director, now was like, okay, what do I want to do? I want to be a musician. I want to be an artist. I want to. So I, that was my journey. So even before I graduated, I started, um, you know, getting my website together. I didn't know anything about putting together a website, so I built the website myself. Yep. Um, and um, I, you know, I, my wife, she she takes photography. She she's um, so she took some pictures so I can put it on my website. Nice. Um, all that type stuff. And um, that summer, I was like, okay, I know a little bit about how kind of, you know, social media works a little bit. And okay, I just need to make make videos and have people see it. And so that was the focus. But I was like, okay, well, I don't really have any gigs so I don't really have anything lined up. And so I didn't really know how to start or where to start with that. But I was like, I do know how to teach. Yeah. I do know how to, I do know like really how to package information and make right. it so simple that um, anybody can follow and they get what they need and they, they come, come out of it, learning something new, being something, um, knowing something new and being someone better than they were two right. minutes, four minutes before. Yeah. So, so the, the, the premise of the, of the channel was, um, after I figured like, oh, I can't really post any performances cause I don't have any, I don't have any gigs yet, but what I can do is get some private students. And so that was my goal was to get private students from the YouTube channel. Yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah, man. So, so, so was there a video early on that like caught fire and you thought like, Oh, I could, I could do this. Like for, for me anyway, on my channels, like I had a, a beginner trumpet video that ended up 
all of a sudden one day it was like, whoa, this has 70,000 views. And then I was like, whoa, this has 150,000 views. And it was nothing that I did, you know, except create the content and kind of leave it there. Um, did you have an experience like that where you thought maybe I could actually do this? Because you have a whole bunch of videos that are in that range in terms of views um, yeah. now. And, and it seems like a lot of your a lot of your videos are focused. I mean, you have a, a wide range of stuff, but a lot of your videos are focused on early trumpet, beginning trumpet, right? This is like how to play the note E. I mean, all the way down to the very, very basics. Um, and like you said, you've got this great way of packaging information, um, which I think is completely evident on your channel, um, and I'm sure is a, a big reason for the success. Um, but uh, was there a video that that took off early on that made you think, okay, yeah, let's go? Yeah, it was the first one, unfortunately. Wow. Because <laughs> then everything else was like, oh, no. Everything. It, and it was, I'm not, not to say that it had, like, it was a 100,000 views. It was, it was like, man, it got 10,000 views. Yeah. I was like, that's insane. Like, I can't right. even fit 10,000 people in my apartment. Right. So. So what year is that? That was, um. My first video, September 2016. Okay. Yeah. So it's been around a little while. YouTube's been around a little while. Yeah, it's been around. It's been around. And, you know, I cringe every time someone comments on that video because that was my first one. And it was yeah. just like, like, it wasn't, it wasn't like, that's not me. Like, right. My personality, my camera presence like that was completely not me. I was trying to be be the YouTuber that I saw, you know, that I saw on YouTube. Like when you're a YouTuber, you're hey, how you doing? Hey, welcome to my channel. Hey, what's up? You know, extra like really, really energetic. Yep. And I was like, that's not me. And so it's just sure. Like, so after a while, a long while, even even now, I'm getting more into who I am, like one on one. And but plus like maybe 20 percent because, you know, the camera takes away a lot of that that um, that energy. Yep. So you, you might you might feel like, you know, you're being energetic. But when you look back, it's like, no, you still look boring as hell. So <laughs> <laughs> or you sound boring. So I, sure. So it's, it's just about, you know, just tweaking it with right. every video. Right. And you even every single video you've got a thumbnail that has something that like is visually stimulating um even on like i was going through your channel and looking at like you do live sessions where you do like q and a's or whatever where you're answering questions from subscribers yeah. even on those videos you've got an image like a still image maybe that talks about some of the things that you are going to talk about in the video or that you end up talking about in the video how important is it for people that want to create regular content on YouTube and build subscribers to have some kind of like catchy visual image on the front of each video. Sheesh. That's, that's everything. Yeah. That's, that's your billboard, like the thumbnail. And even I, I need to get better at that for sure. The thumbnail is the thing that people, the first thing they see before they click the video. Right. So if that thing doesn't catch their eye, it doesn't tell them what the video is about, how it's going to help them or entertain them or excite them or intrigue them, they're not going to click on it. And so, yeah, video editing is, is important, but the thumbnail is more important. That's, that's your hook. 
on YouTube. Whereas yeah. other platforms, your hook is the video itself. What you say, that's the first thing they see. They don't see a thumbnail. And that's kind of what makes YouTube hard is, is that you're competing with a lot of noise. You're competing with a lot of people who, have, who, who um, really have their thumbnail game on lock. Yeah. So, and it's one, yeah. I mean, YouTube is one of the platforms that has, it's got the most like noise, but also the most people that are looking at the noise, right? So it's like, it's by far the biggest in terms of the audience to be able to build an audience. Um, one of the things I've noticed, like building my channel recently is, is like, it's been easier. It was, it was not easy to get to where I am, I guess, but it, it was easier, it seems, to build an audience there than it was even on like Instagram, which I was regularly building on and uh, and certainly but easier than on Spotify. Um, mm. I don't know if it's the visual element or, or, or what, but like what I read was YouTube has such bigger numbers um, in terms of the people watching that you're able to catch a lot more people in the videos. Yes, yeah, as, as far as... Um I would say on YouTube, it's the followers that you get there, they're loyal followers. Like mm -hmm. they're more loyal than any other, other platform because people go to YouTube for a reason, right? Um, a specific reason you go like, Oh, how do I fix my toilet? Like you look it up on YouTube. Like, yep, yep, so yep. if you have that, if you have that answer, they're going to be very, you know, very loyal to to you if you, especially if you do it on a consistent basis. Um, however, though, um, even even though YouTube is big, TikTok is is getting bigger. Yeah, yeah. TikTok totally. is even like the monthly the monthly uh, viewership and uh, visits has surpassed Google. Wow. Unreal, and that's man. crazy. And so, so everybody you, is trying to be be the TikTok. Yeah. Are you trying to build there now too then? Is that something oh, you're sure. like putting an effort into? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm doing that. I was on, I did TikTok only as an experiment. I didn't even have my account as the Black Trumpeter. I had it as something different because I, I just wanted to see what it was about. Yeah. And so that's when I created uh, the username Clarion Cast. And I was like, okay, I don't know what this TikTok is about, so I'm just gonna see what happens and and um and and just experiment. I didn't I didn't and when I tell you like TikTok is crazy as far as how quickly you can go viral, how quickly you can build your following. Yep. The first video, you know, um went stupid viral and it was just me trans <laughs> just i i did the first video and it was just me transcribing um a like a like um a meme song yeah yeah yeah. and I, I was writing down the notes of it and and that thing i looked up like an hour later it had a million i'm like yeah that's unreal what? i i'm looking at your page right now it's like you got 8.5 million, 2.7 million, you know, the tons that are in the hundreds of thousands, 1.1 million. Uh, and you've got, you know, it's like here you've got 338,000 followers on on TikTok. Are you able to drive, 
like, are you able to monetize this in any way? Are you able to drive traffic to your YouTube channel, which you monetize? Like, is there any, is there any kind of financial benefit from all of this action so far? Yeah. So, um, I did get a sponsorship and, uh, through that channel, through that, through that thing. And so, yeah. um, someone had reached out to me saying that they needed a, a trumpet player to, uh, be in this, to, to help promote soul, the movie soul. Oh, awesome. Pixar. Yeah. And so it was, and, um, the person who had represented Disney or Pixar, um, she was like, Oh, do you know anybody that does this, does trumpet? I mean, or does trombone does, you know, all, you know, all the rest of the instruments. And so at the time it was like, not really that many musicians on TikTok. And so, wow. And I was like, I don't know. I, I was, and I just, I just found some somebody, and I, I gave them a few names, and they had already found some people. But I was on, that was only like a thirty second video, and what that video produced me more money I would make than maybe four months of AdSense revenue from my YouTube channel. Wow! So wow. that one thirty second video paid me so i was like this people need to be on this platform like right you can it it's new um you can gain a lot of visibility like organically and that's really hard to do on all the other platforms yeah totally um and the it's not it's it's not hard it's not really difficult to create on there you can do you can do a little dance and or or do a um you know you mouth a skit that someone else recorded you didn't even do it right right like you can you you know piggyback off of somebody else's work and get yeah. the same type of visibility if not more and and so I was like yeah I need to I really need to figure out okay what is this TikTok thing and so right now I'm studying just more of how can I produce the best short short form content because right now short form content is king yep like like all the platforms are trying to do reels trying to do shorts trying to do do that thing uh, right. less than 60 seconds and um i was like okay i need to figure out how i can make my short form content engaging like and like what i said before like the hook yep. like on tiktok there there are no thumbnails unless you actually click on somebody's profile Mm -hmm. um but how the feed is is done is like it's so you don't have to choose like for 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 instagram or for youtube you actually have to choose the video that you want to watch what makes tiktok so cool is like you can just go on your phone and watch a video watch a video and there's no choice you i mean you you don't have to physically okay i want to watch this video TikTok automatically just gives you the content. Right. And you can stay on that platform for hours and not really right. realize it. Which is why so. I would assume just the way that it's used is why people that don't have anybody following them yet on TikTok can still get four or five hundred views on their first video, or in your case, a million views on your first video. You know, it's like that that's why that's possible i, I right. think right yeah it's like you got tons of people just and so they need content to throw in front of those people exactly. um that's interesting like i i had a, 
I mean, very much not a similar experience, but a similar experience in terms of like, I'd be posting videos on Instagram and we get like a hundred views. And these are like videos that I spent a bunch of time like working on. And I was like, man, what's going on? And then I'd post something on TikTok and I had zero followers and I'd get 500 views. And I was like, this is interesting. <laughs> like, right. why, why am I getting more views at a place where nobody follows me? I've got thousands of people following me on Instagram and, and nobody's seeing my content. And it's like, they're, they're more, maybe they're more focused on their monetization method is to charge you to get your content in front of people's eyes, right? On Instagram and Facebook. Like, it's like, that's their model. And they're not going to show your content to somebody unless you put money behind it. But on TikTok, it's like, that's not, that's not how it works. Um, and it's so fascinating to hear about you getting that, that gig promoting soul. Uh, Cause I've been wondering like, how do TikTok artists, I know that like people that do music, if they blow up on TikTok, record labels will reach out. So people have gotten record label deal offers through mm -hmm. TikTok, you know, and that kind of stuff. But I always wonder like, how does somebody like you get paid for that content? It's like, um, that seems like a problem of today. It's like, obviously mm -hmm. you got a big opportunity through it. Um, but that seems like a problem. It's like this this platform, this platform exists for me to create content. I'm creating all this content, creating all these eyeballs, getting all these, all this interaction. Right. I'm keeping people on the site myself, mm -hmm. but I'm not actually reaping the the financial rewards of it. Um, right. It's it seems like a you know that's like a, a problem that needs to be solved. I think in like the oh. internet world. Oh for oh for sure. They're they're definitely working on um, you know like the creator fund like. Uh, it, the creator fund is, is kind of like, you know, not as big as YouTube. Obviously, you get like four cents or whatever per view, which is nothing compared to um, YouTube. People making, yeah. you know, full time living. I'm not making a full time living off YouTube, but um, people are. And yeah, you know, they yeah. have they have their version of it, but it's just not as not as potent, not as good as YouTube. And so I would say like probably the best bet is to either get brand deals yep. um, or, you know, you know, sell your own stuff, you know, sell your own services and products and, and try to funnel people through that. Do you find and that people are finding your PDFs on your website and stuff like that through your content? Uh, they're, they're usually finding me and trying to get lessons from me, which, which is crazy because, um, it, like it, even an older audience, I had a, a student tell me one day how she found me and I assumed she found me through Instagram because that's how she, that's how she, um, you know, communicated to me or DM me. Um, that's where I first heard of her, but it wasn't until maybe I've been giving lessons to her since August. Yeah. It wasn't until like last month she was like, oh yeah, I found you through TikTok. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, like that wasn't like for for that channel, that wasn't really the goal. And at, through the, this entire time, my, my main funnel was YouTube, how I was getting all my students and how I'm still getting all my students is just through YouTube. Yep. And to, and to hear that she came from TikTok, I was like, okay. And uh, she's not, she's not 12. She's, she's yeah. not, she's not a kid. She was, a, you know, grown, you know, so uh, I was like, okay, well, again, I need to, I need to focus more or spend a little bit more time on TikTok since there, there's adults on, 
on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not always the stereotypical what you think of as people using TikTok. Right. Um yeah, totally. We're just gonna pause there for a sec to say that this podcast is brought to you by the Gig Boss app. Jana and I created Gig Boss because we were leading our own groups, freelancing in others, touring, teaching private lessons, and doing freelance education work, all while raising our two boys. We needed a way to keep track of everything. Create a group, create an event, and start organizing the madness. Gig Boss app is free on iOS and Android. So how do you, like I had a question written down about this, like you, it seems like you have so many avenues on, um, let's see, I should probably read this because I've wrote it all down. Um, you update all these different categories. So at least looking at your YouTube channel, you do live sessions, you coach, you you're like, you know, I just watched a video of you like coaching people through a warm up session in the morning. Uh, you have traditional long form videos. You do like daily reels, you regular sessions, doing live responses to subscriber questions, a series of videos, learning each note, each scale, all these different things that are packaged in this really smart way. So a, like how do you organize all of this? And B, do you have do you have some kind of like regular posting schedule that you are you really regimented in? It seems like you'd have to be to 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 be so prolific the way you are. Um, I'm still working on it. I'm right now. I'm uh, consistently inconsistent with yeah. with my <laughs> with my posting schedule, and uh, only because it's like when when I first started. I was just trying to get stuff out and just it it didn't matter what time or when or um I just I just was pumping um content out so I could, you know, help people as much as I could. And um but once I started getting traction, getting more followers and things like that, they're asking more of me. I'm like it started being overwhelming. And so yeah. I was like, okay, because every video I was starting from scratch. So I didn't, what, if I had to start over, I think what I would do is try one type of video and, or one type of content and try to create it multiple times and document the system of how to create that. Yeah. Um, and the reason why um, I, I, I have more so, uh, like the scale tutorial, like playlist, because I know that system. I I was able to just recreate it over and over and over because I knew how to create that video. Right. Uh, and then time people get, get ex- they sort of expect to see that. Right. That's a routine for the for people watching as well, which is helpful, right? Right. Yeah. That's it's helpful, but it got boring <laughs> for ah, me to create. Yeah. It of got course. so and like as a creator, I didn't want to have to create the same type of video over and over. This is how you play this note, that scale, that scale. So all this time I've been like, okay, how can I balance something that I enjoy creating versus what my audience wants to create? And I've been trying to balance that for the longest. So just to kind of answer your questions, like I don't really have a system right now. Hmm. Like my system is trying to figure out my system as far as like what people actually like and how can I create that more often? And during the six years of doing this, I've been just really experimenting like this entire time with different types of content. That's why you that's why you see so much is because I'm trying to yeah. like, OK, let me try live streams. Never did that before. Let me try not only live streams, but let me try doing a, a call in show. 
let me try okay let's do a warm-up show let's do okay let's do uh uh analysis music theory analysis trying to be get my you know adam neely on you know yeah with, yeah yep yep so i'm trying so many different things because i'm just trying to figure out what what is my jam what do people like and how can i consistently put that out right um so so you're trying to find I'm, the intersection of yeah of what people need and what you want to do right um that's a tough that's such a tough thing uh you know I've, I've felt that same way myself is like how do i find it's it's like when you're an when you're an artist or a musician in general it's like you're you you've got a certain thing in your head you know at least at least for somebody like like for me like i release a whole bunch of music and like i've got a certain thing in my head that i'd like to create but i'd also like people to hear it so like mm -hmm. where's the where's the marriage between like what do people want to hear and what do i want to make and how do i find that crossover and i think that's a really fascinating uh puzzle and uh it's still something that <laughs> it's like we're all working on that uh in some way shape or form um you know you mentioned that uh that you don't make your full time income from YouTube. Do you do you mind talking a, a bit about your income pie and like percentages or something? Like you teach sure. private lessons that you get from YouTube. Like what's your percentage of your income pie from YouTube versus from maybe deals you get through your your page on TikTok versus private lessons versus gigs in town? Yeah, so most of most of my income come right now comes from private lessons and teaching. And so that's I've built that funnel pretty 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 well. And so most of that most most of that is private lessons. Then after that will be, you know, freelancing, doing weddings and gigs and things like that. You know, but, you know, uh, you know, COVID hit and all that stuff. So I I had to really go in on teaching. And so yeah. I didn't mind that. I love teaching that I could do that all day without being paid. So, mm -hmm. um, sponsorships and things like that, 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 that's like half a percent, like not, not really coming in all that much. Yeah. And this year I wanted to kind of focus on that a little bit more with the TikTok uh, channel and see how that system works. Because yeah. I know it's possible. It's just like how I possible meaning like it can be uh, more consistent. Yep. But um, just trying to figure that that way out. Um, but but yeah, that's I would say most of most of oh well then and then AdSense. So it'll be um, teaching gigs, AdSense pays a couple bills, um, and 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 yeah here and there little little sponsorships but that that comes like it, it doesn't come often right right so so how you know how did you get you mentioned that like you didn't have any gigs when you were first starting out which is common it's like everybody who graduates right. from college in music it's like you get somewhere and you go okay how do i <laughs> start getting called for gigs so like how did you get connected in the scene how did you start playing because obviously you're gigging now yeah, so it all started um, with my my private teacher who isn't with us now, rest in peace, mm. uh, Larry Bowen. And man, like the entire time I was in school, I was like, I just want to be in Chicago and play my horn. That's that's all I want to do because 
every time I come back home from break, he's like, okay, like, when are you done, bro? Like, you, you, you out of school yet? Like, I got some gigs for you. Nice. I was like, no, I got, I still got this time and this time. And th during college, I was kind of dragging my feet and uh, it took me, took me six years to get out of a five year degree. Yeah, so yeah. I, I was just like anxious to like, man, I'm so ready to get out of school. And, um, so once I graduated, um, you know, I was getting my, I was getting my social media stuff together and, uh, my, my teacher had get, you know, had called me and that was, and this was like around maybe September of uh, 2016. So right around, I, I had posted my first video and he, had, he was like, yeah, I need a trumpet player. We're going to play this, um, earth, wind and fire gig with, um, I, I guess with the, the folks that, that were still in the group, Earth, Wind, and Fire. So I, wow. that was my first gig out of, out of, uh, uh, out of college. <laughs> just, <laughs> That's awesome. And it was just, it was just, it was me playing with him. Uh, and a lot of, a lot of, um, professional musicians, like older, more veteran musicians in that, in that band. And so that's how I was able to get a lot of, like, get a lot of my, my gigs now is like, okay, I played in that band and, you know, I get a call from one person that was in that, in that band. He was like, oh yeah, like you, you down for that? And so that's how, that's how we really got started was just that one opportunity after college, which I'm, I'm so grateful for because without that, I wouldn't have the gigs or, or had the connections or the relationships that I do today. Yeah, that seems like a wild opportunity right away to jump in and play with some heavy cats and and luckily I was I was prepared I was ready because I mean I didn't go to school for performance but I had always you know been keeping up with my trumpet playing because usually um, you know some most music education majors have this notion like oh I don't need to practice my instrument I'm going to be a teacher and right it's like that makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. You need to be able to be the model for your students. You need to be able to play a piano at, at uh, you know, above the staff. If that's what you're teaching, you have to, you can't just go on YouTube and find somebody else doing it. You gotta, you know, that's going to take up time in your yep. classroom. You don't have the time to, to do that. So you yep. need to pop out your horn and play it. That's what all my teachers did. Yep. And so that's where I got that from. It's just like if I'm if I want to if I want to teach, I need to teach from example. I can't teach from my own example, not yeah. from somebody else's example. Right. So and I, that's I what keeps that, me playing. Totally. I found that I'm a much better teacher when I'm. You know, the pandemic was really really open, uh, really really shined a light on this for me. I had started. Uh, running the jazz program at, at Michigan Technological University the fall before the pandemic hit. And it was my first full-time job. Before that, I was just a full-time trumpet player. Um, and I taught adjunct at a few different places. Um, but, you know, teaching so much and not playing, when, when everything shut down, it was like, I was, I was like, who am I? I? I'm like, why am I here? I'm not supposed to be doing, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be making music. And, um, as things started to open up again, it's like, I'm a better teacher. I'm a better person. I'm, I'm just a better, I'm more fun to be around when I'm able to play music professionally. 
You know, it's like I do better in the classroom with my students when, and I think they see that and they feel that energy of me. Like I just came off a weekend of shows and now it's Monday and I'm, I'm in front of my students. It's like, they can feel that energy of he was just out doing it. And my students aren't even music majors. You know, my students are all engineers. They're, they're, they're going to be engineering majors. We do have some audio production and sound design majors here, but uh, for the most part, my students are engineers, you know, so I'm working with students that are maybe going to be semi-pro, maybe we'll play professionally a little bit. Um, they're all able to do that. Um, so I'm, I'm not even working, you know, it's like, I, but I still think they feed off of that energy and they go, all right, Meckler's ready to go. You know, he had a weekend of gigs and <laughs> now he feels better in his head so he can teach better. Yeah. So yeah, definitely like the students know when, when, when you're in it and when you're not. And, yeah. um, as far as like the energy goes and uh when you when you're excited like they're excited and that's what i love about that's what i love about teaching and yeah. I, as i'm talking I, that uh earth wind and fire it was actually temptations, temptations. oh temptations <laughs> okay temptations yeah. not earth wind nice. and fire. i misspoke it was temptations. I, i've done that gig. i did that gig in minneapolis that gig? uh what were the four tops with them too was it temptations and four no, tops? no it was, was actually just, just them it was just yeah. them yeah yeah because they they'll they'll grab horn sections in whatever city they're in right. um which is awesome and so i i got to do that gig in minneapolis which is great man and it was um oh man larry brit uh larry braggs larry braggs was was the lead so he was the, he was the david ruffin at, at that time yeah. he he just moved over from tower power he had been with tower power for you know a decade or something um and came over to play like to, to sing the lead parts uh man that was a thrill i i grew like temptations were like my number one in high school man yeah. like there i was just talking about this with somebody i was on a really? was on a gig yeah like i i grew up watching that you remember that made for tv movie um the temptations movie that that uh man it was like in the 90s the late 90s yeah. i had i had it on vhs and i, I mean i was like every <laughs> night in my room nice. man i was obsessed with the temptation my dad like I grew up listening to a lot of Motown music, doo wop and stuff like that. My dad was really into that style, so like early Temptation stuff, mm -hmm. uh, especially was what my dad loved. But then I really kind of fell in love with the story and and with David Ruffin and with uh, Eddie Kendricks and like all all the various different um, vibes that ended up coming out of the Temptations. Man, what a thrill to be able to to play that gig. Uh, with with some you know i think there was like one or two original cats in the band still but um man yeah that's a, such a fun uh yeah <laughs> fun so first you know foray. yeah so you know it's it's great it was it was awesome um yeah so you know even as i as i'm talking it's just like it, it sounds what i'm saying is like it sounds like like fan like i don't know what i'm trying to say it just sounds like man, you got that, you got that, that started happening, you did this, and that started happening. But, like, all of this came out of just, like, studying the craft, like, studying the platform. Yep. Um, and then also luck, too. And that's not that's not to demean anything. Luck is definitely a factor in all success. Mm -hmm. So um, there's luck in there, but there's also just, like, me studying the craft. It's just like, okay, how does YouTube work? Yep. How does TikTok work? How does Instagram work? Okay, how do I make how do I make a good video? You know, how do I make a good thumbnail? Things like that. So right. Well, I was going to ask actually yeah. earlier, like, how do you make your thumbnails? What where what what program do you use? I use Canva. It's free. Canva. Use, okay. Yeah, everything that I've used thus far 
up until this year has been free. My phone, I record my video. Yep. Uh, I use GarageBand to record um, my uh, my audio. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, in 2016, there was the website Fiverr had just kind of released, and so nobody was using it. So I was I was uh, doing some. I was doing some like freelance recording trumpet for folks and, and just like recording, recording for their projects. This was way cool. before COVID. Yeah. And, um, That's so commonplace now, but yeah, yeah. it's like, so after, with all that, I, I was able to save a little money and get a, you know, a microphone and then, and then that's how I was able to get really clear audio for my trumpet. And, and, uh, that was pretty much the, the biggest expense or the biggest investment starting out but everything up 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 till now is like it's just been free stuff editing my videos my thumbnails and um and, and yeah but time is money right and it's it's definitely been a boatload <laughs> of time i'm sure <laughs> oh for sure there's definitely a learning curve Lear- a learning curve with just learning all this stuff yeah and um but these are skills that you know no one can take away from you if you for me, I think in the from here on out, like every musician should know how to create content and know like how to um, get an audience through their content, yep. like not just being able to sing or, or play, but through social media, you're able to like pretty much change your life if you just put out the right content for the right people. Right. So, um so yeah, I I I I I want I wanted to learn all this stuff so I could teach because at heart I'm a teacher. Like yeah. there's no way around it. So I always just wanted to teach people the things that I know is because you know that's how that's how we can make start making more of a living with using our gifts, using our art. Um so Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, I, I I've got a couple things, a couple places we could go here, but uh, sure, you know, you, you've got a lot of, you spend a lot of time building this stuff up on the internet. You're a family man as well. How do you yes. balance family and all the hours that go into content creation? Oh, I, I edit during naps. naps. There you go. <laughs> I plan or I um, I research. As you know, I'm always on my phone. My phone is I, I use it. So this is the thing when it when it comes to being like a, a creator, what I had to realize is that um, early on is um, I had to change my perspective of not consuming content as for recreation, but consuming it for research. Yeah. And that's important is because because. I'm not watching it to relax. I'm watching it to learn. How are they doing this? And yep, yep. why are they doing this? And like studying, just like anything else, we transcribe musicians like, okay, how do they play this? And, 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 and you gain all these influences and you put it in your content or you put it into your playing. But um, I use, you know, I use every moment I can to just research or plan or, or, um, or just, you know, brainstorm different ideas at night uh i i edit or i um put things together so that's how i do it 
Um, it took a long time to get to this point because my daughter is two now. So yep, yep. Well, I'm holding on to that one nap. <laughs> it used to be yeah. three. <laughs> it used to be three. Yeah, that nap's going away pretty soon here. That's uh, Hobbs so was done. So our, our smallest was done at, I think, two and a half. He was like, I'm done with naps, guys. Sorry. <laughs> and we were like, no. So but that was it. So that's that's how I do it now. And uh, even, even now today, um, my wife is a pediatrician. So she she every monday she she she's off of work and so she takes care of ari and then i just i go ham at anything that's either my trumpet playing i practice i get you know i get my content together yeah um or i'm or i'm teaching privately i get as many uh teaching opportunities i can through through there yeah so uh, because we couldn't rely on daycare at all, you know, during this during this COVID thing, this pandemic. And um, so I decided, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to stay home, watch Ari, and we're going to make it work. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah, so many parents were going through that same thing. So Hobbs is a little bit older than yours, so he he wasn't, you know, it seems like, seems like you're maybe you, you were born right before the pandemic started or something um yeah. or or during like Hobbs was born he was maybe a year when we went in or a year and a half or two when we went into the pandemic and so he had a little bit of an inkling of what life was like before the pandemic but he was so young it's like he doesn't really remember um and that was a challenge I mean that was a challenge for so many parents trying to trying to do daycare at home while also working their jobs from their computers <laughs> Yeah, it was rough. Uh, yeah, that's that's very rough. Still is. You know, we we talk a lot about uh, representation in education, and a lot of schools. Um, you know, there are a lot of, of music programs where you've got maybe thirty, forty percent of the school are students of color, and maybe two percent of the band program are students of color. Right. Um, right. I, I had a, a student, um, uh, a trumpeter, a young black student who told me he, he was he was studying with me in college and he told me i've never taken trumpet lessons from somebody that looks like me um mm. and that was something that really hit me was like yeah wow that's like i i i could see how that's a, a problem you know where you can't see yourself in the thing um do you see what you're doing uh as like also reaching a community of people that are are not getting reached in the trumpet world like do you see yourself making an impact in that scene as well oh for sure and um the that's the reason why i named i named the channel the black trumpeters because of representation yeah and so even before i created the channel i knew the the importance of representation um even before going to college for music education I was playing, you know, because uh, at the top band in our high school, we would tour the the local middle schools and junior high schools to, you know, help recruit those folks into their band program so they can go to the high school band program. Yep, yep. Um, in our area, and so it, I'll never forget it. It's like um, there was a freshman that came up to me uh, my senior year. He was like, "Yeah, I played trumpet because I seen." you play trumpet in the band. He was a young black kid. Yeah. I was like, if I can do that for one person 
and all I was doing was playing my instrument. I, the whole goal wasn't wasn't to inspire anybody, yeah. but just the fact someone saw me doing the thing. I was like, okay, I need to I need to put that times a hundred. Yep. And so if if that does that for that one person, imagine what that would do if I'm on the internet and playing my horn or teaching how to play the horn. Yep. And so that was the main driver was was to have that representation and have a voice for for folks that look like me. And because, yeah. you know, so much of tr the trumpet pedagogy is not really geared towards black people because uh, our anatomy is different. And so I've mm -hmm. heard so many stories through DMs, through comment sections of my own community saying, like, yeah, I quit band because my band director wanted to put me on trombone because that was a better mouthpiece for me that could fit my lips or, yeah. you know, or, you know, I quit, I quit playing because it was too hard and nobody could help me. And, you know, just, and so that's, that's, that's what keeps me going is like just being able to put my perspective on trumpet playing. Yeah. Um, because a lot of people don't have that perspective. Right. Uh, to to follow you know so so yeah that's it, representation is really important yeah man that's beautiful that's great to hear uh well hey man i really appreciate you doing this it's been awesome to learn from you and uh and hear everything you're doing um we're gonna link all your stuff uh clarion cast on tiktok we'll link you on instagram we'll link you on on youtube uh so anybody that's listening can check out uh aaron washington's amazing content on the internet um thanks for taking the time to talk to me man yeah no problem thanks for having me all right appreciate it <laughs>